Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses across the state of West Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, your Miss West Virginia 2022. I'm really excited about today's interview and really excited to let you guys hear exactly what I heard and exactly the young woman that I fell in love with um, a couple months ago at the West Virginia Dairy Princess program. Um, we have Helen McCarty, our current West Virginia Dairy Princess. How are you today? I'm good, how are you? Doing really good. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me today. And I know that you know a lot of people are gonna be really interested into, into the things that you have to say. Um, so I'm really excited to get started. <laughs> All right, go ahead and tell me about yourself and your agricultural background. Okay, so um, as you said, I'm Helen McCarty and I'm 17 and I'm a senior at Kaiser High School. Um, I think it probably would come to a surprise to many people, but I wasn't born on a farm. I wasn't born into agriculture. I was actually something that I fell in love with um, in the third grade when I started 4-H. So um, I know a lot of people in agriculture talk about 4-H and FFA, but it's really because that's it, it really just instills the love in many, many kids. So um, as I said, I'm in 4-H, but I'm also really active in FFA. Um, in FFA, I have been an officer twice, where this year I'm actually serving as reporter. Um, and I don't know if many people are involved or aware of FFA's kind of things we do, but I perform or I compete in things called DDEs, which are career de development events. And um, the ones I'm in are meat evaluation, livestock judging, dairy judging, and then a competition kind of outside FFA, but it is a part of FFA, which is called Envirothon. So um, through FFA, I've also received my state degree. And in 4-H, I've received my charting pin, which are kind of like the highest level state award kind of things. Um, and I'm currently working on my American degree and getting my all-star pin. Um, and then my agriculture part of that is I've shown goats for six years at my county fair and I've jackpotted within the states of West Virginia, Virginia, Pennsylvania and Maryland. Um, and then obviously, since I'm the dairy princess, I have actually shown Holsteins for four years, I believe. Yeah. So that's kind of how just some things I do. So. It's pretty cool because your background is very similar to mine. You know, people are always very surprised when I tell them that I don't I don't currently live on a farm, that I'm a first generation agriculturist, just as you are. So that's pretty cool. I love that connection that we have. So you kind of briefly mentioned it, but could you go into detail a little bit about how you actually got involved in the agri or part of me in the dairy industry? Yeah, so um, I got involved in the dairy industry because my uncle Bill Brook has a farm and when I started having interest in showing livestock, he actually asked my pap, who was my escort for the dairy show, if he thought that I would be interested in showing a calf. He had an extra calf that he wanted to take down to the dairy show, and he thought it would just be a great, um, just a great experience for me. And so when my pap asked me, I was like, of course I want to, I would love to. And so I started tagging along with them. I loved, ended up loving working on the farm and I loved working with the cows. And here I am about four or five years later, depending on how you count the years with COVID and I'm the princess. So <laughs> just well, that's, that's awesome. That's such a great way to get started. Yes. 
Yeah, awesome. So I was very fortunate to be there the night that you were actually mm -hmm. crowned. Um, I was the MC for that evening. So I got to hear everybody's phenomenal speeches and your milk toasts. And um, I, I loved my experience there. So how did it feel to win your title? Um, it was just crazy. It was like the best feeling in the world. So I, I just, I'm really proud of myself and I just feel very honored to be able to represent uh, not only just my state, but this lovely industry that I've kind of fallen in love with. And um, I'm just excited for the next year, what it has to come. I'm also just really thankful for the time that I got to spend, you know, actually getting to talk to the pa or the girls that were also competing in the pageant during the events leading up to it. Um, I'm just so um, just excited to, because the staff is great. Um, and also I just, I'm excited about getting to talk to the farmers and the people that I got to meet at the dairy show. I just, I'm so excited that I get to represent them and hear their stories and then share their stories in um, kind of like in return. So it's just, yeah. it feels good all around. You should definitely be proud of your accomplishments. And the other young ladies that you competed with are very smart, very well educated, and of course excited about being a part of the dairy industry. And I know you had just mentioned that you know you get the opportunity to talk to dairy farmers across West Virginia. Is that part of your job title and part of your duties? Yes. So there's actually a lot that goes into being a dairy princess. It's not just a pageant like many people I've already unfortunately talked to that that's what they think. They think it's Oh, I competed in a pageant in August, but I try to tell them like, actually, like I get to travel the whole state for the next year and um, not only just ride in parades, but I also get to set up this educational displays where I get to talk to the public. I get to talk to students within schools and different like extracurricular programs. And then I'm also going to try to do things like make a radio appearance and be in the newspaper and just um, give, just to talk to people of all ages and backgrounds so I can just share um, what's so important to me about the dairy industry and hopefully shine a light on some of the good stuff we do because I think we talked about it a little bit at the pageant but a lot of times we don't hear the good we hear a lot of negativity and there that isn't what the dairy industry is there's a lot of care there's a lot of compassion and I want to bring that to light you are giving me goosebumps right now. I mean, one of the things that you and I both advocate for on, on top of our social impact initiative and our platform is, of course, breaking down the patent stereotype and letting people know that we're spokespeople. We are responsible mm -hmm. for being that catalyst for change and making a difference in our social impact initiative. So I love that. I love your plans. I love what you're getting to do. Now, one of the parts of that is, of course, being able to speak to the dairy industry. So in your mind, what do you think is the most challenging thing that our dairy industries currently face in West Virginia or in America? So I think when I really thought, think about that, I think of um, two things really come to mind. And for me, that would be mis misinformation. And then just an overall, we've lost a lot of consumers. Um, the dairy industry faces so much backlash and hate from people in the media, and maybe some people who have never even stepped foot on a farm of any type, um, whether it's a dairy industry, or even just going out and looking at a farm or driving past a farm, they just, they don't really know what's going on past that fence. Um, right. I just think um, if I really focus on telling people that like, we don't mistreat our cattle, um, you know, 
I just, I hate hearing that. Like, oh, far, dairy farmers mistreat their cattle, but it couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, we spend all day literally focusing on their care and making their lives better, whether it's cleaning bedding or giving them fresh water or keeping fresh grain or feed in front of them at all times. Um, I just think it's important that the people realize we we don't do this because, you know, it's for the money, but it's truly because, you know, an unhappy cow or a mistreated cow, they don't produce for us. And in our industry, there's not a lot for a cow who doesn't produce well. So when we treat our cows good and they have fresh grain in front of them and they're happy and they're being treated well, they're going to produce for us. And um, also, I hate hearing, you know, the things like, you know, there's antibiotics in the milk. We try to keep our cows so healthy because we don't want to give them antibiotics because when we give a cow antibiotics, unfortunately, all of their milk has to be dumped, all of it. And if that would somehow miss and hit go on a truck, then we have to pay for all the milk that's on that truck, not just our milk, but every all the other farmers. So it's super important to us that we, you know, don't get sick cows because we don't want a mistake like that. So I think just sharing with that with people also then helps with the next part, which is just lack of consumers. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, you're always going to have the people who are diehard dairy fans and you're always going to have the people who are, um, they just, they don't see using animals as um, for anything. You know, they're supposed to be, they think they're just supposed to be pets and, you know, we're not supposed to milk them or anything. But it's the people in the middle that we really have to um, educate and inform and teach them because it's the people who sway either way who is going to make or break how um, the industry is seen. You know, we have to make sure that they're getting the good knowledge, too, because if they see so much bad knowledge, they're going to go, well, I don't want to drink milk. I don't want to support that. But if they hopefully if they start hearing some of the good stuff through things like I do or like what you do, which is shining the light on the good stuff that farmers are doing, hopefully we can sway some of those middle people into um, consuming our products because ultimately that's how the world goes around. You are a very well-spoken young lady, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to educate your community and your state on this information. Um, I really do think that this information needs to get out there, and you are a great example of how to get that out there. So congratulations on that. Like, you're doing an amazing job. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited to be talking with you right now. You're, you're amazing. Thank you. Now, my next question for you is, COVID-19 has affected a lot of parts of the agricultural industry, and we're actually still feeling those effects. Um, how has it affected the dairy industry? So I'd say some of the main ways that it's affected the dairy industry would be kind of like how it's affected most of the world. It's a loss of workers, and then also our products are becoming expensive in the grocery stores, and that's mostly to deal with gas prices, but as well as we're not using milk in restaurants. There was no milk being used in schools, and it made it really difficult to kind of sell our products because they, we didn't have a lot of consumption going on within our country because of the places that always used milk. We couldn't go. We couldn't um, we couldn't go outside of our houses. We had to be quarantined. So it's you know, it's just it was difficult to get those people consuming the products that we make because we couldn't go outside. And then um, 
it just is expensive in the stores. So I think the hardest part was, you know, you go to the store and you go, oh, I want to drink milk, but then it's, you know, it's almost double the price per the gallon. And that's just difficult because it's, you know, what the way the gas prices are. And it's just, it makes it harder for the farmer because the farmer's not making any more money. If anything, we're probably making less money because we're also paying those increased gas prices. And so it, that's kind of the way, main way that I think it's affected us is just we had a lack of consumers because of the places it was usually being, you know, consumed. And then just we weren't making more money, but milk was increasing in price. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. So knowing all of that, what can our community do to help dairy farms and dairy farmers? So I think the main way that our communities can help is you just consume more dairy in your daily lives, you know, especially milk. Um, but even if, you know, you're not the biggest on milk, you know, eat a bowl of ice cream every night. I'm guilty of that. I mean, it's you can't go wrong with ice cream every night. Um, you know, I um, also just I think talking to your farms, talking to your extension agents and making sure that you're getting correct information um, just because you hear something in the news, don't always necessarily believe it. Talk to someone that you know is going to give you correct information. And then lastly, share the good information with people. Talk to people. Um, if you hear someone talking about something and it's, you know, you know, you talk to your ag extension agent or you talk to a farmer and you go, oh, I know what they're saying isn't wrong. Just say, hey. I actually talked to my extension agent and that's, you know, this is what actually happened. Cause sometimes I think many, many of us know that the media always doesn't share the truth or the whole truth at, like, at least. And that can kind of get people in a pickle. So I think if we, you know, we get correct information, we share that information and then ultimately just consume more dairy. I think that's just the best way that what our community can do on, on a smaller level. So that's perfect advice. Three great points that you just made. Now, the other thing that I wanted to talk about too is in order to get your title, you had to get up on stage and you had to make a large speech. And that was, I'm sure, a little nerve wracking. But what I thought was really important was the message that you provided. So you had to give um, a, a difference and a comparison between plant-based milk products and dairy milk products, correct? Yes. All right. Could you give me a little bit of a synopsis, something short and sweet about that speech? Yeah. So um, the main part was why would you want to drink plant-based milk products when you could have real cow milk, which has 13 essential nutrients, more than double the amount of nutrients than most than many plant-based milks have. Um, I think when it came down to me, when I was doing my research, my favorite thing that I kind of learned was the comparison between um, margarine and butter. Many people think they're very similar, but they are very different from the point of view of a farmer or someone who is in food science. Butter is just a couple ingredients and it takes, you know, I can have a group of kids make it in about five minutes, 10 minutes while I'm teaching a lesson. However, margarine, you can't necessarily do that. Margarine is a very lengthy process and it's got a lot of um, ingredients that aren't, you know, just from a cow. And um, I think, you know, that's something that's definitely to take into consideration. Um, milk also is just really good for you and dairy in general. It has lots of health benefits, including like hypertension and cardiovascular disease, as well as type two diabetes. 
And it's also great for athletes just because of the amount of protein in milk. It genuinely helps your muscles restore, you know, just significantly. Um, and it's just it's such a good overall thing to put into your body and to consume. And then lastly, dairy is so diverse. Um, you know, we have aisles of it in the store. That's how much it can be used for. Um, if you don't necessarily like ice cream or if you don't necessarily like butter or, oh my goodness, milk, you can always eat ice cream or butter or cheese if you don't necessarily like it, milk. I mean, I don't necessarily drink, you know, three or four cups of milk a day, but I'm eating <laughs> ice cream before bed. I'm putting cheese on my uh, broccoli. I mean, I'm eating mozzarella sticks. Like, there's just so many ways that we can eat it and consume it that doesn't mean just drinking a glass of milk every day. Right. And then lastly, um, the thing that I really tried to hone in on was the, um, you know, that farmers were not like, hey, you have to drink milk. We understand if, you know, you can't necessarily consume dairy products, you know, that we so hardly, you know, work and diligently produce whether it's because you have allergies or personal belief or just religion, we just want you helping out and supporting local farmers and fellow farmers because no matter what, we're a family bonded by agriculture and that's something strong. It's a strong, ugh, it's stronger than any other bond that I've ever been a part of. I know that agriculture has welcomed, welcomed me with many, you know, welcome times and warm laughter and it's just it's one of the greatest things that's been in my life and you know I think many farmers agree that with that so I think even if we're not drinking milk if we're helping out fellow farmers I think we can all agree that that's that's better than you not consuming any of our products so absolutely phenomenal message great job now I uh, wanted to ask because you were in the position where you weren't born on a farm your family doesn't you know, your personal immediate family doesn't raise cattle, uh, but you've got people in your family that do. So you got involved in the dairy industry later in life. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to start working in the dairy industry that, you know, might be in your similar situation? Um, so I just say mostly it's hard work, but it's rewarding. Um, you know, seeing the people that we, and you know, we, eating the products and enjoying the products that we work to produce and make possible. It definitely makes milking at 5 a.m. and going to bed way past 11 easier when you know not only the cows need you, but also the people of America need you to put, you know, healthy, sustainable food on their plate every morning or every evening. And I just think that's, I think that's the most important part for us. And it's, we're feeding America and without us, and without other people coming in and joining in, we're not going to have food to feed America. And without food, we're not doing much. So I think that's just the part that I think I realized and why I wanted to be involved is because we're, our nation is ever growing and we're ever getting larger and needing to feed more and more people. So if we're not coming up with smarter ways to feed the world and we're not having more people wanting to do it, and a couple years down the road, we're going to have a large problem. So I have two more questions for you. I know uh, we're kind of running out of time. I want to make sure that you can get to your, your meeting after this. Uh, but I wanted to ask, what is one thing, if you could pick one thing that you would want to broadcast to your community or the state of West Virginia about the dairy industry, what would it be? 
I think it's mostly just that by behind every carton of milk or block of cheese is just a hardworking man or woman um, who has, you know, a deep love for not only their cows, but their calves and the whole farm in general. A farmer who gives their all to their animals and no matter if it's, you know, raining or snowing or 100 degrees or if they're sick or if they're, ha if they're having a bad day or they're busy. Um, it, that not only applies to the dairy industry, but just all of agriculture in general. Um, it's important that you, you know, we try our best to um, shop local and just eat more of what we produce because, um, you know, if our farmers quit, then, like I said, like I kind of said before, we're not going to have food and, right. or, you know, so, and I know, at least me, I enjoy food and I enjoy eating every day and not having to necessarily go out and work a job, you know, from early, early hours of the night or, or the morning to late hours at the night. And I think a lot of times we take that privilege and that, um, you know, that, that lack of response, not lack of responsibility, but like, you know, that, you know, that ease of just, oh, I can grab food out of the fridge, you know, for comfort, you know, we don't really necessarily think about that, hey, there's someone out here working really hard to feed me right now. And I think if we maybe step back and realize that and um, appreciate our farmers, then I think we'll be doing good. That is an excellent thing for people to think about every day. You know, that's one of the messages that I try to present through my social impact initiative. So that yeah. is that is phenomenal. My last question for you is all about the FFA. You're heavily involved in FFA and so was I. But the creed has always really stuck with me. And my favorite line is, I believe in the future of agriculture. Mm -hmm. So why do you believe in the future of agriculture? So I think for me, I believe in the future of agriculture because it's provided me so many opportunities um but not only for me but just for anyone who wants a job in it or has a passion for agriculture um the 4-h or FFA and ffa have both given me the moon and the stars and everything in between and i whatever i could dream of people within those two organizations helped me achieve it um just this year alone i actually am going to be able to attend two different national events through these organizations and agriculture and the hard work that I've put into it has truly, truly made that possible. Um, and I think while being ag in agriculture classes the last four years of my life, I think the most important thing I've learned is that agriculture is everywhere. You know, there's nothing in life that's possible without agriculture. And it's such a broad occupation field that literally if someone wants to be in it, they're probably going to be in it because it's just there's so much you can do in it. And then I think lastly, I wanted to say something that one of my ag teachers has pounded into me that if you're worried about being in agriculture, don't worry, because it's not just cows, sows and plows. It's so much more than that. Oh, goosebumps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. Well, Helen, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me and share your message. I know that West Virginia definitely has to be proud uh, because you're such a wonderful spokesperson, not just for the West Virginia dairy industry, but for the future of our agriculturists in our nation. So I thank you so much. You're welcome. I enjoyed my time talking to you. And I yeah. hope that my message can just reach anyone who's willing to learn. And Helen, if anybody wanted to follow your journey or potentially request that you come speak to a classroom or uh, go to, and set up your educational exhibit at a fair and festival, how could they do that? 
Um, so I actually have a West Virginia Dairy Princess program page where I try to post all of my events on it and have lots of updates. Um, but also, if anyone wanted to reach out to me, I'm just Helen May on Facebook. And if they reach out to me or the Dairy Princess program, I'd be more than willing to come speak to, you know, a school, a 4-H group, an FFA program, you know, any anybody who wants me to come talk, I can do it. And I'd, I'd absolutely love to. So you guys heard it here. I will make sure that I tag Helen in this post so that you can just click right onto her page, follow her journey and possibly request her to speak because obviously she is a phenomenal speaker and she's got a lot of great information that anybody could benefit from. So that is the end of our Farmer Friday interview today. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next week to figure out who our surprise guest will be. Um, as always, please remember to thank your farmers.